best principal I ever had by far was someone named Kelly Wilkins. And she was incredible. I think about her leadership. And I, if I could actually do one-tenth of a job in my work that she did, I would consider myself successful. And one of the things that she was so good at was helping you understand and really embrace that you were a bigger part of the, the, the entire school picture. And I'll give you an example. There was one time where she brought me in at the end of the year and she said, we have this much money to spend towards technology. How would you suggest that we spend it? And my role was the ed tech uh, lead in the school, but I also taught math and other middle school classes. And I looked at her, I said, well, that's not my job. And she looked right back at me and she said, well, that's why we brought you here. And I always felt that was something admin would do, but she would bring people in who had different expertise in different areas. And she would actually not just consult them, but she would really actively act on their feedback. And so it gave me ownership over the entirety of the school that the decisions I made in those conversations, the things that I would suggest would impact the teacher across the hallway. And that was really, really meaningful to me because it made me go seek out the input from other teachers, from other staff members on what they would need of their classrooms. And instead of just saying, well, that's not my problem. Someone else made this decision. I knew that as a teacher, I had that impact. And so that was really important to me because when people see that they are part of something bigger than themselves, even their own classrooms, that's where you get true ownership. And that's when things really start to come together. And the reason I talk about this is because of this amazing conversation I had with Steven Weber. He is uh, currently the vice president of Arkansas ASCD, and I'll actually be speaking there in June of 2024. So if you're from Arkansas, I would love to hear from you, and I hope that you're going to be there. So just say hi in the comments on YouTube. I'd love to hear from you. Um, but he's also an assistant principal who is someone who was also an assistant superintendent and went back to school to serve in this role. And he had so many great insights about buy-ins versus collective commitments. And the first thing I thought about when he shared that was Kelly, because that ownership over the school, seeing that you were part of something bigger was something she was really good at. And Stephen gives so many great examples amongst the other ideas. One of the things we also talk about is what does he hope that I achieve when I'm actually there as a keynote and doing my sessions? Because I think that's a really kind of interesting conversation. It's something I try to ask the people I work with all the time because I want them to see me as bringing something better for their organization than just doing a talk. That's something that's really important to me. You're going to love this conversation. Steven has so many great insights. If you missed the other conversation, the three questions, I encourage you to watch it. You had some really great stories, but I just want to thank you for your time. Welcome back to another episode of the Innovators Mindset Podcast. Hey everyone, this is George Kuros. Welcome back to another episode of the Innovators Mindset Podcast. I am so excited to have um, Stephen Weber on the podcast here today. He is currently, is it is it a vice principal or assistant principal? I don't even know what why people, like we need to just pick one. I don't know why. It's I'm excited. I'm assistant principal at Rogers Heritage High School in Arkansas. Yeah, so he's assistant principal. He's also the vice president. Uh, maybe that's why I got screwed up because you're vice here, assistant here. And so uh, <laughs> uh, uh, vice president of Arkansas ASED. I'm so blessed to be able to, um, to be able to keynote there. 
Stephen and I just did a three questions podcast. If you have a chance, I highly recommend you listen to it. It was incredible. Um, a lot of stuff that I, and maybe I say it's incredible because I like believe everything you said. So maybe, maybe people that don't agree with me will hate it. So who knows what's going to happen there. But uh, Steven's actually um, worked in different States. He's got different perspectives um, from different roles. And so I'm really excited to talk to you today. If you can just tell everyone who you are, what you do today and how you got there, it's a great place to start. Thank you so much for the conversation today. My name's Stephen Weaver, as you said, and I'm an assistant principal with Rogers Heritage High School. Uh, prior to that, I served as assistant superintendent with Fayetteville Public Schools, executive director for curriculum instruction with Chapel Hill Carborough City Schools in North Carolina. And I've also served in multiple jobs throughout the United States and basically two states, North Carolina and Arkansas. But I've been a classroom teacher, assistant principal, principal. I've worked in two state departments, um, Arkansas and North Carolina State Departments of Education as a social studies curriculum coordinator. So really focused on teacher leadership, focused on curriculum development, and focused on supporting student understanding. Um, K-12 curriculum leadership has been a big focus of the last 25 years of my career. And I just love teaching and learning. Started my career, graduated in, in Arkansas from high school and from two universities got my doctorate degree in North Carolina at East Carolina University. And now my wife and family and I are back in Arkansas for been back here for about eight years. So we came back home after 12 years in North Carolina. Yeah, it's, it's funny because you actually brought up that I, uh, and this is 2018. And you know, five years ago, but COVID in the middle feels like 50 years ago. So I was like, was I there? I don't remember this. And I actually looked, and there's so many people that were uh, reached out to me after the conference. They were so wonderful to me. I, I actually absolutely love going there. I'm, I'm gonna, this is going to sound really bad, but Arkansas, like I love potato chips and they have the best varieties of potato chips everywhere. That's like one of the things I remember about Arkansas. I don't know why I said that. Like every gas station, I'm like, I've never heard of these chips. I have like a, that'd be like my part-time job for me if I could probably get me in trouble, but uh, I, I love this. So one of the things that you said that I found really fascinating and I would just love to know your perspective is you were an assistant superintendent and now you're back at a school as an assistant principal. And so I'm like really curious about when you were, um, when you were assistant superintendent and now going back, like what changed, like, cause I know you did the that role before went to central office, came back to school. Like, how do you, do you see things differently because of that experience? Like how, how did that work? Cause that's like, you know, a lot, a lot of, that's a lot of change, you know, for somebody and uh, it's a unique perspective and it's, it's pretty rare to be honest with you. It certainly supports me in my new role as assistant principal. But one thing I laugh about and I feel sorry for, from people who used to work in an assistant principal role under me is I'd send out three emails sometimes, not daily, but sometimes I'd send out three emails. And by four o'clock, I'd think, why is nobody answering my email? You know, maybe it's because they're in the classrooms, they're, they're instructional leaders and they're in the classrooms and just ignoring their email. But now I don't get to check my email sometimes till five or six o'clock in the afternoon. So if somebody in the central office has emailed me three times, it's just that busy. And I'm relearning instead of having maybe 30 to 45 minutes to eat my lunch slowly at my desk, I'm relearning how to eat it in three minutes. And so all the assistant principals that I know around the state are laughing because they're enjoying my stories about how, you know, I'm living the AP life. 
But um, your job is solely all day on student needs, and it's not just academics. There's so much with behavior and so much with social and emotional learning. There's so much going on, even in a, in a high school, a kid who's almost an adult, going on in their life. And, you know, recently we had a student, I won't say the name, but we had a student who was looking for a place to live that night. They literally had no place to go that evening. And teachers and administrators who I was working with were actively trying to find a home for that night. We weren't worried about the week. We were worried about that night. Okay. And so these are real things that go on in students' lives. And I think assistant principals are very active in supporting and advocating for the needs. We think about the whole child and we think about an elementary school student. But whole child is all the way K through K through 19 years old, you know, birth through 19 years old. So we're working with the whole child at the high school level. And I'm just seeing the needs of students and I'm seeing how those needs impact teaching and learning, but I'm still focused on teaching and learning. And I do think that my previous experiences have prepared me to uh, be part of this administrative team where we're just trying to support all the kids in our school the best way we can possible. You know, the, like I, I, I worked in central office, right. And when I was in, um, when I was the, you know, when I was the assistant principal, when I was a principal, um, you, you do have to do some, some like email crap and forms and whatever. Right. And there'd be a point where I just, I'm like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And I would get up and I would go into classrooms and you and I, that's one of the things that you talked about in the last podcast, which I really appreciated is that just being around students being, and not just like going in, disrupting and then leaving. Right. But actually just being there and, you know, sitting in the back, being around kids, doing whatever. And I felt that it would recharge me that I could go back and do some email and stuff like that. And then when I went to central office, I would get up and walk around and I'm like, well, I, there's no kids. I don't know what to do. Like I'm a little bit, yeah. I felt a little lost um, in that space. And it, it really shifted. Um, when I, when I did that, I'm like, I can't, I can't, this is not for me to do it this way. So I actually would just get in my car and drive to schools and go sit in schools. Uh, and it was really, really powerful to, to actually do that. Now I'm going to, I'm going to ask you the flip of this question. So if you went back to central office and I don't know if you ever would, what would you change about what you did? And I know the email is one of them, obviously you want to be maybe bombarding maybe yeah. as much is used to what, like now that you have the perspectives on both sides, if you went back to central office, what, what do you think you'd, what, what would be a, maybe a different approach that you would take that you, that you didn't do necessarily before? I think I spent several years having focus group with teachers. So we had curriculum leadership meetings with math teachers, science teachers. And I think I did a really good job of having focus groups with teachers. We also had monthly principal meetings in different districts I've worked in. So I feel like I connected well with principals. But in my current role as assistant principal, sometimes that's an in-between role that gets overlooked. And if an assistant principal is supposed to go observe teaching and learning and, and, you know, give teacher evaluations, coach teachers, coach rookie teachers, they need to know what the curriculum priorities are and they need to know what's going on when we make changes in education. So I think quite often assistant principals in some districts get left out of the communication loop. And really the principal's not the only one doing the evaluations, but right. the principal gets monthly meetings with the superintendent and monthly meetings with their director. So I would I would have more focus groups with assistant principals because they are they're right there in the center of the action. And I think we could learn a lot from the perspective of assistant principals. And looking back on it, that was a perspective that unintentionally 
I often overlooked. I just thought, well, the principal is the voice of the admin team. We have a monthly principal right. meeting. So I would, I would focus more on focus groups with that group. And certainly I think all school districts should have focus groups with teachers. That's something I did well, but a lot of districts don't have focus groups with teachers. Somebody in the central office writes all the curriculum or they right. buy all the curriculum and no one ever asks the teachers, what do you really need? Right. And then it's like, surprise, <laughs> surprise. Yeah. Right. So I, yeah, I, I appreciate it. I think that, you know, having those conversations, you know, getting that feedback. And I think it's, I think part of it too, is it's not necessarily feedback, but when you ask people um, their opinions and then you implement them, they feel ownership because yeah. if you act upon their feedback and they have ownership and then it doesn't work, they want it to work because they, 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 they see their input in that space. Whereas if I didn't actually have any input and do, I, I don't really care as much, right? It's like, well, this is a central yeah. office. I don't really care. So, um, I'd you, like to talk on that for just a second. Sure, go for it. Or, yeah. Probably first 20 years of my career, I focused on buy-in. That was a term we always heard. You got to right. get teacher buy-in. If you don't get teacher buy-in, the initiative will fail. So I spent 20 years focusing on buy-in. You can read some of my articles I write for Teach Better. And some of my articles recently are start, starting to talk more about collective commitment. It's not a term I created, but over time, I've realized what you just said. If there's a collective commitment to we're going to implement X, then everybody on the team at the third grade level is probably more locked into committing to doing that behavior. So I like now to talk more about collective commitments versus buy-in because I spent a long, and that's how the educational research, when I was coming up through the ranks, said you need to get buy-in. So I still try to get buy-in, but then I try to get a collective commitment, whether it's the end of the meeting or the end of three meetings, because without any commitment, we're just hoping for, for a change. And we can't do that with student lives. Yeah. The, so the, I'm actually in the process of writing something right now. And uh, it's about one of my former principals. I mean, uh, I've talked about her a million times. Her name's Kelly Wilkins. She's just phenomenal, just an incredible leader. And the biggest gift that I felt she had was she truly gave staff ownership over the the process not of your just your classroom but of the entire school so you felt like the things that you did had an impact on classrooms so you because of that you put way more attention you didn't want people complaining about the decisions you made as a teacher uh because it's really easy to just dump on admin but when you actually are as a teacher you have ownership you want it to be good because you don't want your colleagues uh complaining about it so you're you're putting a lot more thought and she was so good at that um, for everyone listening, uh, we're going to link some of those articles, um, from Steven below on collective commitment. So if you want to learn more about that, um, that, that will be there. All right. So, you know, like, it's funny because you're like, I'm super busy and like, I can't even, you know, I'm barely have time for lunch. And then you're like, but I also volunteer, uh, you know, to be, you know, to work with Arkansas ASCD. And I think, I think a lot of people don't understand uh, a lot of people, when they work for your state organizations, whether it's like a state affiliate of ASCD or whatever, they're doing, the, the majority of people are doing this for volunteer, which, you know, is, is, is really admirable. So that's, I guess, my first question. You got all this stuff going on. Why, why spend that extra time um, working at, you know, with a, with a state organization? Why, why is that something that's really important to you? It's very important to me because it's just giving back to the profession. When I was coming up through the ranks as a teacher and administrator, both in Arkansas, North Carolina, ASCD and other organizations, I saw superintendents and principals and assistant superintendents. I thought, I want to be like them someday. 
and they were leading it. And when I'd go to the conferences, they'd reach out and they'd invest in me and they'd follow up after the conference and they'd, they'd coach me or let me come shadow them. If I was in grad school, I'd come shadow an assistant superintendent. And so now those people are retired. And so I'm at that level now that I feel like I owe it to the profession. People did that for me. And I want to help the next generation of teachers and administrators just the way people did for me. So I just feel like it's not really something to put on my resume. And that's how most of the people who I've worked with in Arkansas ASCD feel. They feel like this is our organization and this is our time to set education up for the future. So let's give back to the people who are currently in Arkansas education. So it's it's more of just giving to our profession. It's, it's not so much for running a conference. That's the hardest part of it is running a conference. And it's not for the title on your resume. I mean, everybody on the board has a great resume on, already that I work with. So it's more about we love Arkansas education and we love Arkansas teachers and students, and we want to create the best possible experience for them. And we want them to be able to have a professional voice by being connected to um, ASCD at the international level. Yeah. And that, that's a, that, that to me, I think is, is really important because th those groups are, um, I, you know, I probably say advocacy groups for educators, yes. right? like they, they do provide a voice. But they also provide great opportunities for people to really, you know, grow in the profession. So if you look at, you know, and I and maybe I know you did this, you, you did some of this work in North Carolina as well. If you are an effective organization, um, like what's one or two things that you'll achieve uh, continuously, um, you know, as a as a, a like an affiliate of something like ASCD? Two things, advocacy, as you mentioned, we want to advocate through our state representatives and let people know what the needs of Arkansas educators are. And the second one is professional development. We want to offer, whether it's virtual, we have some free online um, conferences we'll do in the fall via video. And then in person, we have our annual conference, but we want to provide an equipped training for teachers and administrators so they can do their job well. So advocacy and professional development. And then outside of those two, a professional learning network. You and I have both connected before today on social media, but we never really connected face-to-face -face until today. So, you know, for, for educators, Arkansas SCD provides that time where you can connect either on a video virtual conference or an in-person conference, and you might find another teacher administrator who is, you know, your go-to for the rest of your career. So that's certainly been true of my profession working with our Arkansas ASCD is that I go to that conference and I meet three new people. And then at some point I'm either able to help them or they're able to give me an article or something that helps teachers in my district. So, okay. So this, this is, and this is a question I'm going to ask you recorded and I always ask this when I come into organizations to speak, but I think it's really good to kind of see into the process, the, the thinking behind this. So um, I will be there keynoting uh, your conference. I think I know, like, I don't have my calendar. It's June, 2024, correct? Like it's June 10th and 11th, 2024. Right. Okay. So here, here's the question. If I'm effective in that role, um, you know, with your conference, with you serving the what does that mean to you? What does that look like to you? If I, if I actually do what you hope, what does that mean? Well, the theme of our conference, as you know, is reimagine, learn, teach, lead. Yeah. And so we're reimagining education like the rest of the world. After COVID, education was disrupted, just like the rest of society. 
And what does that look like? What are the needs of our students and what do we need to reimagine? And so through your book, Innovators Mindset and other articles and videos you've made over the last several years, we want our educators to walk away with confidence and not just hope, but confidence and strategies yeah. for how they can reimagine in their district because there's so much change going on with state and national policies. There's so much change going on that's outside of the control of teachers' um, influence, but they influence their kids every day when they close their door and teach. So what can the classroom teacher or the classroom or the building principal do to have that influence in this world of ch change and constant change? And you've written a lot about constant change over the years that's impacted educators uh, globally. Well, it's, and this is one of the reasons we do this podcast, because we're going to shoot this out to all of the Arkansas ASED. So now they can say, hey, did you do what Steven said? <laughs> did you actually do that? <laughs> so now it's like some accountability on, on my end. I, I can't remember who was having this conversation with, but I think um, sometimes like I'll, I'll ask about like a keynote coming to a conference and it like makes you feel all nice and warm inside and, you know. And, but it doesn't really change anything. And if it doesn't change anything, then you could have just not done that. Do you know what I mean? Like if it doesn't push people, like, and it's not, I think you have to kind of find that balance of really ensuring people know they're appreciated um, and respected, but also you want them walking out of there feeling like, you know what, some of that stuff challenged me, but I can do this. And they have that confidence through that process. So I'm excited about that because this is a, that's a wonderful opportunity. And I, like I said, I've just, um, I've been to Arkansas before I've done uh, a few conferences there legit. Some of the nicest people I've ever met. Right. It's a very, it's a very warm state. Is that like an accurate? It, and I know you're in North is, Carolina, North Carolina is the same way too. Right. It's just some of the nicest people. So, all right. I got to ask you this I question. I to talk a little bit. You're not just giving a keynote. I mean, yeah. I think everybody knows we're promoting you as our keynote, our only keynote speaker, yeah. but I think they don't know that you're doing a follow-up session where yeah. you can yeah. unpack those uh, change leadership or, you know, how to impact your classroom. Just briefly, do you want to talk a little bit about what that looks like? So people don't think, well, he's coming in for an hour and then he's yeah. flying out. Yeah. And I, we, you and I talked about this ahead of time, right? Cause that's something that's really important to me because a lot of times just like, Hey, here's this idea. Here's this idea. And like, see, ya. and then, yeah. And then people are like, well, that, you know, that works in theory, but now what? And the thing that I've done forever is really, you know, you, you give information, you give some ideas, you, you hopefully people feel inspired, but then you have that time to kind of do the back and forth and some of that push and pull. And, um, one of the things, and you'll, you'll hear me say this and I, like, I don't, I'm not a scripted guy, but I know I'll say this. Um, I'll ask people after like, Hey, what are your questions? What are your ideas? And what are your, like, what do you want to challenge me on? And I, that is a very, and I, and I always say this and people kind of laugh. I'm like, you, you can challenge me. I want you to challenge me. Here's where you can challenge me. Don't challenge me in the parking lot at the end of the day with your friends when I'm not there. Don't like, and don't be that person, like do it in the room because I actually see my role as someone who's just sharing ideas, but I'm a learner too. And I want, and a lot of times, a lot of stuff that I've talked about over the years has changed because of people saying like, I don't necessarily agree with this. And I'll like, tell me why. And then I'll be like, I never thought of that perspective. And then it changes because you're really trying to understand the people in front of you. And we talk about personalizing learning for teachers with students. And to me, that's one of the ways I try to do that because it's not, I think sometimes a keynote does a keynote and then goes to a session and they just do a mini keynote 
in another session where that's not, that's not what I do. I want, I want the back and forth and I want the conversation and really kind of, and you do this in Arkansas versus, uh, North Carolina versus Florida versus California. The questions are always different. The, you know, like there's, there's some similarities for sure, but there's a lot of like, Hey, this is what we need. And even, you know, even if you go from like one school district to another in Arkansas, it will be different questions. So it is really important to me to address what the people in front of me want to learn about and where they're, what they're passionate about, what they're excited about, what, what their struggles are. Cause it is different. So that, that's one of the things that, and I'm like, I'm curious what you think of that. I don't know if that's something that you you're used to seeing in that role or if that's something that, you know, I hope, hopefully more and more people do. That's why you're coming to Arkansas ASCD. That's what the teachers want to hear. You know, we've heard a yeah. lot of edutainment over the years yeah. and people that get up and give good speeches or we've heard yeah. inspiring speeches, but we're going to get down to what can we do to support Arkansas students? And your message is one that um, our board is definitely excited to have coming back to Arkansas because you've been to Arkansas several times, yeah. but we're yeah. excited to have you, I think, for the first time for an Arkansas ASCD conference. Uh-huh. I'm pumped. I can't wait. All right. So this, I know this is, I always say these for the end. Cause like, you know, if people slowly, you know, do other things you, so you mentioned, as soon as I got you on the, I know you're from Arkansas, it's Saturday, college football is going on. And I actually remember as a, and I say this as a kid, now I feel guilty because Corliss Williamson, he's one year older than me. And he was just, incredible basketball player. They won the national championship. I remember that like Bill Clinton was in the stands. I remember like that was a big thing. And I think he was the president when that was happening. Right. Like, yes. And and so the thing he told me, I couldn't believe it. You played against Corliss Williamson. Right. And can you share that story? Cause I think that's, that was amazing. I love that. And it's just, this guy played in the NBA. Um, you know, maybe, maybe we, maybe we can get him to come to Arkansas. That'd be cool. I'd be pretty pumped. <laughs> That'd be cool. It'd be great if he you would. Gotta, you gotta tell, you gotta tell everyone about that, that experience of playing him in high school. Well, you just said, you know, who's a famous Arkansas player and you mentioned Corliss and I said, yeah. I played against him in high school. We're the yeah. same age. And I think my senior year, he scored 34 points in the first half and he sat <laughs> on the bench the whole second half. And that's my fault. Cause I was gardening, but I had his feet in my face most of the night because he was doing two-handed dunks just oh, off wow. two feet. He wasn't even off the pass. He was just pivot yeah. and dunking right in my face. So um, I like to go to the Razorback basketball and yeah. show my kids. They have his face several parts of the arena, and I like to show my kids his face and jersey and say, I guarded that guy. And uh, <laughs> that's kind of what I tell my kids, and they're like, we know, Dad. You tell us every time we come. <laughs> And guarded in quotation marks, right? Like that's I, all. Just guarded. Didn't, didn't, didn't probably even score. Just guarded. <laughs> right. I love that. Well, I, I love I went that. Up for a layup one night, my junior year at <laughs> Russellville, put the ball up in the air, and he he comes from like the free throw line, like Jordan, and slaps the ball in the air, it hits oh, the backboard, ricochets wow. back to half court, and that's that's when I realized I probably wasn't going to get any layups because I thought I got this one. He's nowhere around me, oh, wow. and he comes out of nowhere. And so yeah, he was probably the best Arkansas high school basketball player that I can ever recall. But um, well now, yeah, that's now funny, I might have funny to that you mentioned his name. Yeah, I'm gonna have to come a day early. We have to you know play some hoops before. And that'd be fun. Like right, I could say I played. I'd probably, I'd probably, I'd probably have a heart attack. <laughs> 
this age. I've seen you playing hoops. You you uh, went through a workout phase there. You were playing basketball uh, a lot. Yeah, no, I, I still I try to get in. I try to play. You know, I try to play a couple times. Like I, I'm training for a marathon right now, so I will not. I'll shoot, but I will as soon as someone says, "Hey, do you want to play?" I'm like, "No," nope, and I'll like take off because I know I'll get injured. So I'm like, "This is I got to get this marathon done, and then I'll start playing again." But. Uh, we can't wait to have you. It's at Bryant High School. It's right in the middle of the state. So we think several educators will be able to attend the last few years we've been in the northwest part of the state. But we're going back to central Arkansas. And we just think that having somebody with your caliber and having this topic, with it's a timely topic. And we think that um, we're just going to attract a really big crowd. So Arkansas SCD has been around for several years as a as an organization and and I think having you coming in 2024, June of 2024 is just going to be a, a real big um, opportunity for our educators to c- connect and learn together. I love it. Hey, and anyone who's listening, if you're actually from Arkansas, uh, tell us in the comments on YouTube, I'd love to hear from you before I even come out there. And I, I encourage you share what you hope from that day. Like I encourage you, I, I'd love to hear from you. So um, this is one of the reasons we did the podcast. It's a great way to get to know each other, uh, kind of set the vision for the day, but also learn about you. And so I, I'm more, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm more pumped now than I was before we got on the podcast. So I'm scared. I think they want an autograph book. That's what the teachers in All Arkansas right. are saying is they, they're bringing their books that they've already right. bought from five years ago. Oh, I think that's what they want. That's amazing. Okay. All I'm right. Serious. I'm embarrassing me. All right. All right. So <laughs> Steven, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. Steven, we can get back to football now, right? So I love it. Thank you, everybody.